Have you finished your personal statement yet? Now's the perfect time to get it professionally reviewed by a medical school HQ expert advisor. We have former directors of admissions, admissions officers, and the like on our small team of amazing people. They have the inside knowledge from reading thousands and thousands and thousands, tens, if not 100,000 personal statements going through the process and setting up the process for their whole committee. They know exactly what medical schools look for and the common red flags that can get your entire application thrown out. Take advantage of our flash sale right now, going through May 6th, up to 6,000 characters reviewed for just $150. That's a $75 discount on our regular price. Go to editmyps.com. Again, that's editmyps.com. If you're applying to medical school in 2022 to start medical school in 2023, join me Wednesday or Thursday, Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. Eastern, or Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern at premedworkshop.com. Go register today. I'm gonna show you how to tell your story in your application. Again, that's premedworkshop.com. If you are applying to medical school in 2022, be there or be square. The Premed Year, session number 418. Hello, and welcome to The Pre-Med Years, where we believe that collaboration, not competition, is key to your success. I'm your host, Dr. Ryan Gray, and in this podcast, we share with you stories, encouragement, and information that you need to know to help guide you on your path to becoming a physician. Welcome to The Pre-Med Years. Thank you so much for joining me today. I had another great Q&A on Instagram Live, and I really ended, I, I think, with a very strong note when a student asked, how do I stand out in my medical school application? Let's go ahead and jump into the first question and make sure you stay till the end to hear my rant on why I don't think it's possible to stand out on an application and why I don't think that is the goal of applying to medical school. Is it bad to have more shadowing hours, 600, than clinical hours? This seems to be a common question. Hamza, I think you asked this last time too. Um, shadowing is, is basically useless. Um, it's, it's important to have. Don't get me wrong. It's important to have. But at the end of the day, shadowing is basically useless because all you're doing is hanging out with the doctor, watching what's going on. And so shadowing is very important and it's useless. It's very opposite ends of the spectrum. Um, is it, does it look bad that you have more shadowing than clinical? No, it doesn't look bad. I would question why you're spending more time shadowing, but there are so many variables that go into that, right? Maybe you just had easier access to get shadowing uh, because of friends or family or whatever, and you had a harder time uh, getting clinical experience. But um, I, would, I would continue to get clinical experience as you can and hopefully go from there. I'm in the 11th grade and I want to be a plastic surgeon. Can you give me some tips? Go follow Dr. Ricky Brown on TikTok and on Instagram. He is a plastic surgeon. I just had him on the podcast. Really at this stage of the game, anytime you're in high school, very early on in college, your goal is to learn how to be a good student and really explore all of your passions. So go do that. Don't worry about plastic surgery right now. I'm a nursing student. I'm doing everything I can do uh, to get into medical school. Do I have a chance of getting into medical school? Yes, you do. 
I like short answers. Uh, what's your opinion on completing a nursing degree prior to entering medical school? I think it's useless. Um, there's, there's no point of going to nursing school if you know you want to be a physician. A lot of students will do it because they think it provides good clinical experience. And sure, you're doing some clinicals in nursing school, but a lot of the classes that you're taking don't even count for pre-med kind of prereqs. And so it, you're going to have to repeat a lot of classes, do a post-bac, whatever it is. And so it's just not worth it in my mind, unless you're already in nursing school wanting to be a nurse. And then you have this epiphany that you want to go to medical school. Then obviously just finish nursing school unless it, you, it makes more sense time-wise or financially to stop going to nursing school and finish with something else. Is it ever too early to start getting ready for the MCAT? Yes, it is. Uh, no, it's not. The, the best way to prepare for the MCAT is doing well in your classes. And so as you go through this process, when you're in your freshman chemistry class, you may think it's useless, but the skills that you learn and you, you take with you as you go forward are going to help you with the MCAT, not necessarily like every small thing that you learn in your chemistry class, but just the overall process of you integrating information and learning new information. The more that you can do that, the better you'll do on your MCAT. Ooh, what are tips on doing well in the MMI? So the MMI is interesting. Um, I have some experience in, in at medical school where I'm on faculty here at the University of Colorado teaching first and second year students communication. Um, it's part of the Foundations of Doctoring course. It's a communications course where we, we have, uh, it's a small group, so it's me and typically four medical students and then standardized patients. And the medical students go through this process of interacting with that standardized patient, learning how to take a history, learning how to communicate. And that skill where you are basically pretending to be real is a skill. It's a skill that is hard to, to come by, but it's a skill that you practice and you learn. It's the same thing with the MMI. A lot of these scenarios, the actor-based ones specifically, are ones where you need to pretend to be real. And students have a real hard time with that. I tell students when I'm doing mock interviews with students, the more that you can treat the scenario like real life, the better you will do. Remember at the end of the day, your goal as, a, as someone who is interviewing is to communicate who you are and communicate the, the thought process behind your answers. And so when you, when you get through the MMI or get to the MMI, the students who struggle the most are the ones who are there trying to sell themselves at every turn, whether it's a regular interview or an MMI interview, the MMI and MMI, I can't say MMI interview, interview, interview. Um, the students who do the worst are the ones who are trying to sell themselves the whole time. 
look at me, look how amazing I am, look at my communication skills, look at how compassionate I am, look at how driven I am, look at how organized I am, look at how motivated I am. It just gets so tiring after a while hearing students talk and talk and talk and talk and say nothing. And so at the end of the day, when you can just be yourself and just answer the question and and get your thought process down, then uh, that'll be much, much better. E-shadowing tonight, every Monday, as I'm recording this live, obviously, if you're listening to some podcasts, uh, every Monday, eshadowing.com for, uh, for shadowing. Tonight, as I'm recording this, we have uh, breast radiology, which uh, should be good. I'm applying to PA school, hot mess med, love it. Uh, but how, when, where would you explain the lack of clinical hours due to my family and work obligations? So I, I can't specifically talk to PA school, but I, I know um, uh, that I have some understanding that PA school is a lot harder in terms of clinical experience and, and, and having required clinical experience to even apply. So I would check out some of the PA school specific accounts and ask them. Um, uh, and I would directly reach out to some of the PA schools and say, and, and really look at if they have very strict cutoffs for, um, uh, for their clinical experiences. I am a freshman in college, but I have enough hours to be considered as a sophomore. I'm scared because I am not in extracurriculars, nor have I volunteer experience. So um, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of, of kind of shortcutting the four years of undergrad because, um, the, the whole process is there to kind of get you acclimated to being a good student, get you acclimated to then adding on, uh, experiences and so on and so forth. And so when you shortcut it and try to squeeze it into three years, sometimes a lot of times students are kind of shooting themselves in the foot because they're trying to fit stuff in where there's no room. Um, and so I don't necessarily recommend, uh, obviously from a financial standpoint, it makes a lot of sense. So if, if that's one of the reasons you're doing it great and just take a gap year afterward and, and don't apply, um, during the quote unquote normal time frame, and, and just plan on applying during a gap year. Should I pursue a BSMD? I don't know. Should you? That's not my decision. That's up to you. Um, I know I can do any major, but I like biology and public health. Which major do you believe will help me better for the MCAT? Either one. Major in whatever you want. All right. Continuing on. What is the best experience to get when applying to medical school? The one that you want to get. Uh, you won't get very specific answers out of me when it comes to what you should do because the answer is do what you want to do. Uh, do the experiences you want to do, take the classes you want to take, major in whatever you want to major. All of that stuff doesn't matter. At the end of the day, doing well on the MCAT comes down to you preparing for the MCAT well, having a good solid foundation of, of sciences, having a good solid foundation of critical thinking and reasoning skills. Uh, and a specific major doesn't give you that. So I won't tell you which one. Hmm. Thoughts on adding high school clinical volunteering on AMCAS? No. The rule of thumb is anything after high school goes on the application, nothing before. 
Do I have to take classes at a four-year university if I already have my BS and need to boost my GPA, or can it be a community college? It can be a community college. If you haven't yet, go to mapped.tv, M-A-P-P-D.tv, and go watch the Ask the Dean episodes over there, um, or you can subscribe to the podcast. That's a, a live stream that I do with Dr. Scott Wright, former director of admissions at UT Southwestern, former executive director, uh, director at um, TMDSAS. And he has this kind of uh, range of uh, optimum, acceptable, and not acceptable. And, and he puts community college, depending, there, there's some variables in there as acceptable. It's not optimum, optimal, uh, but it's acceptable. Um, I I don't like that level of thinking because community college is cheaper for a lot of students, um, if not all students. And so it it has a ton of benefit for students. Where the potential issue comes in, if you're trying to boost your GPA, is what is the story behind it all? If you really struggled at a four-year university and then you go to community college and you do well, what potentially is the story there? Are you a better student just because it's community college? And if you go back to, if you go to medical school, are you going to go struggle? Or if you go back to a four-year university and take other classes, are you going to struggle? So there, there's some potential issues with that. But for the most part, big picture, you're perfectly fine. There's just some other questions that come into that. Oh, man, how do you advise students for overcoming MCAT anxiety for prep uh, and test taking? So I did, I'm Googling it now, I did a uh, episode with Dr. David um, Pewter, I think is how you say his name, um, episode 337 of the pre-med years, where we talk specifically about test anxiety. He's got an account here on Instagram. Go follow him, ask him questions about uh, about test anxiety, and then go listen to that episode again, the pre-med years, episode 337. How important are section scores on the MCAT? I'm not referring to cars only. They're not. They are not. Um, as long as you are uh, above like 123, 124, it really depends on on the school at the end of the day. A lot of students focus on balance when it comes to MCAT scores, and I, I don't think it's as big of a deal as, um, as students make it out to be. Uh, again, from Ask the Dean, talking to Dr. Scott Wright, um, there's, there's more focus on total score and not the section scores in general. So kind of the same question as before, can I do community college classes to fix GPA after a post-bac? Um, again, if your community college is even after a post-bac, that raises some red flags, right? Why, why did you struggle in your post-bac? And is the community college easier and that's why you're doing better? So it's, um, it's really hard to do the, I don't know. Oh, man. All right. So here's an interesting question. What's the best way to get a mentor in medicine? Finding a mentor is hard. And I think it's it's hard for a lot of reasons because 
physicians are very, very busy people. And you have this desire to take up more of their time. At the end of the day, that's what you're asking, right? Can I have your time? And so I'm a big fan of finding mentors close to who you are or close to where you are rather. And so where you do your clinical experience, where you do your shadowing, really just open up those conversations and say, hey, do you, do you mind if I email you some questions um, in, in that way? I, I think is really the best way to do it. But you have to understand that physicians are very busy. And if they say no, or if they don't get back to you when you do email them, just keep trying and uh, do the best you can. What to do in six months before starting medical school? Um, sleep, drink, have fun. Wait, no, this is pre-COVID. Uh, stay inside, uh, wear, wear a mask, uh, do nothing. Um, there's, there's really nothing to do. I think if you ask most physicians, even most medical students, they'll tell you don't do anything. Um, your life is going to completely change once you get into medical school. And there's really nothing you can do to prepare for the intensity that is coming. Sure, you can go buy a biochemistry book and you can go look at the curriculum and get all of the books early and, and start learning. But it's not until you actually get to medical school and you see that syllabus and you see the volume of information that you have to learn that it actually hits you how different medical school is. Now, medical school, for how crazy it is, uh, is amazing and wonderful and uh, chaotic. Um, But don't do anything to prepare for medical school. The only, only, only thing that, that I potentially recommend is go get like an anatomy coloring book and just start learning anatomy in depth if you haven't yet, because that's a completely different language. Um, obviously a very visual field. You're in there dissecting, doing all of that stuff. So, um, I, I would potentially do that if you didn't take anatomy in undergrad. This is an interesting one. Is it okay to have an audited class on my transcript? Sure, it's okay to have it on there. Does it mean anything? Nope, it doesn't. It does not. All right. I have an institutional action on my record for cheating, but not at all how it seems. Will I get into medical school? Um... Sure. Uh, the, the, the big, the, the macro answer is yes. Um, there are plenty of students with institutional actions for uh, cheating, for alcohol in the dorms, uh, misdemeanors on their application for DUI, stuff like that, that uh, as long as you own up to it. My biggest concern is when you say, but it's not what it seems. My concern is that you're not going to write a a, a description for the institutional action that will actually give insight to the admissions committee that you've reflected on the experience, you've learned from it, you've moved on. It sounds like you're going to try to go, it wasn't my fault or it's not what it seems in your in your description. So I would really make sure that you you own up to the mistake and not try to pass it off as something that it's not. Ooh, how important is research? It's not. 
it's overrated. It's one of the most overrated things as a pre-med. Let's see. <laughs> I love this one. Am I a qualified doctor? Nope, not anymore. I don't have a medical license. Um, hey, I love this. What score did you get to get into medical school? Uh, what score? I don't know. Um, so my MCAT score way back in the day was a 27, which is about a 502 now. So really struggled in the verbal reasoning section, which is the car section. Now I got like a, a one, two, like a 123 ish on that section kind of converted into today's score and 127s on the other two section converted. Um, so yeah, I hated reading. Um, I still hate reading. I do audiobooks for reading. I want to be a medical technologist before going to medical school. Would it just be a waste of time? So define waste of time. Again, your journey is unique to you. If you want to be a medical technologist because you want to be a medical technologist and you're not doing it because you think it's going to help you get into medical school and you're not doing it because you think whatever else, you're, you're using it, for something else, then go be a medical technologist if you want that experience. But don't try to do it just because you think it's going to help you with your applications. That's not the reason to do it. Would political science minor be good for pre-med? I'm stuck between declaring minor in either political science or something else, which I can't see. Minors and majors do not matter for your application. They do not matter at all. At all. Would I recommend scribing if you want to scribe? <laughs> I love these simple questions. Um, some people think I'm a jerk when I give that short of an answer, but if you know me, um, which a lot of you do, a lot of you don't, um, that's, that's the answer. If you want to scribe, scribe. If you don't, don't. Go do something else. What's important is getting clinical experience. What's important is shadowing. What's important is understanding whether or not you want to be a physician. Does scribing help you understand if you want to be a physician? Sure. There are lots of other things that will help you understand that, though. So it, scribing is one route, and a lot of people like it. A lot of people don't. Do what you want to do. Advice on how to approach personal statements for surf programs. I don't know what a surf program is. Although I am from Southern California, so I should I should be a, a surfer dude. Um, yeah, I don't know what surf programs are. Standing out is so important in medical school application. Ha ha, let's, let's talk about this one. Standing out is not important in a medical school application. Change my mind, right? That The, the meme, change my mind. Standing out is something that students try to do in their medical school application and they usually fail miserably because you try to stand out. How are you going to stand out in a medical school application? Are you going to have more clinical experience than everyone else? Are you going to have more research than everyone else? Are you going to have more shadowing than everyone else? Are you going to have a higher MCAT score than everyone else? Are you going to have a higher GPA than everyone else? How else is there to stand out? Are you going to have a bigger pity party than everyone else? Are you going to have more institutional actions, more, more misdemeanors? 
how do you stand out in an application? Seriously, how, how do you think you're going to stand out? Are you going to have the most unique experience in the world? It's been done. Unless you've cured cancer, then you're not unique. If you're a non-traditional student, you're not unique. There's lots of non-traditional students out there applying. If you think, oh, wow, look, I have a philosophy degree, therefore I'm different, you're not unique. Do not try to stand out on your medical school application. Everything's been done. All that the medical schools want to know is who are you? Not why do you think you're awesome? Who are you? Why do you want to be a doctor? Show me your experiences through your eyes on how impactful they were to you, on how you were impactful to them, not how much you're a badass at being a scribe. So many students take the latter approach and go, I was so effective being a scribe. I was the fastest typer. I did all of my charting error free. I am amazing. You should accept me. My job as a scribe prepared me well to be a team player as a physician. You should accept me. No, I don't care about any of that. I don't care how much you think you're awesome. You're not. Just tell me who you are. Tell me an interesting story that you, that, that you recall, the most memorable patient encounter that you had as a scribe. Dive deep into that. Get into the emotions. Go watch some of my, my video. I have a YouTube video about how to write extracurricular descriptions. There's a huge difference between telling me what a scribe does and showing me who you are. Go watch that video. It'll change your application. It'll change your mindset into how you're supposed to, how I recommend you go about telling your story in your application. I'm wearing my Your Story Matters shirt. It's a shirt that that I, I created because so many students are focused on standing out that all they do is fall flat on their face. I don't care how much you think I want to know, if I said that right, I, saying it another way is so many students in their application tell the interviewer, tell the reviewer everything that they think that person wants to know. And at the end of the, the time reviewing that application, at the end of the interviewer, all I know is that I think you want, I think you think, I think you think that I want perfection. I think that you think that I want someone who is 100,000% motivated and dedicated to becoming a physician. I think that you think that I want someone who is compassionate. I think that you think I want someone who is a, a good communicator. You telling me all of these things in your application means nothing. I can tell you that I run a three-minute mile. I can't, but I can tell you that. I can go look up the the um, the core competencies list from the AAMC and 
the 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 and go through that list and go okay i need to prove to medical schools that i am this i need to prove to medical schools that i am this i need to prove to medical schools that i am that and and all of a sudden your application is just a big checklist of yep okay i told them i'm compassionate yep i told them i'm organized yep i told them i'm i'm dedicated yep i told them i'm this and this and this and this and this and this and at the end i don't know who you are so don't stand out be you that's all. I'm going to end with that. You all have a great day. I love you all. See you. All right, so there you have it. Another great episode, hopefully, answering lots of questions on the pre-med process and everything that comes with being a pre-med. I do, I, I love the Instagram lives. I jump on there every so often to do these episodes. Obviously, the last couple of weeks have been some Q&As. If you don't follow me on Instagram, on TikTok, on, on Twitter, you can do so. I am at Medical School HQ everywhere. So don't, don't forget to follow me everywhere. This episode is coming out Wednesday before Thanksgiving, and I want to thank you. I am thankful for you to spend time, and that you spend time listening to this podcast. I am thankful that you choose to spend time here with me and, and hopefully value what I am telling you. And I am thankful that, that you are entering a field that requires a lot of sacrifice, requires a lot of work. And requires you to be the best version of yourself. I wish you the best luck possible on your medical school journey, your pre-med journey. And I wish you all a very happy Thanksgiving. This is MedEd Media.